sip tea, the darker girl is sweeter Feels cool but it's hotter than a fever Kick back with two of your favorite divas Let's talk, let's talk, come on Stir it, give it something you can feel, yeah No faking, we gotta keep it real, yeah Pour it and pull up, see, yeah, yeah Don't you know it's high time for high tea? Good morning. Good morning. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Black the Black Tea. What up? I'm Lucy Stool. I'm Bambi Banks Kool-Aid. and we are here to uh, talk some more shit and see what's going on with y'all today. But first, Lucy, girl, how have you been? What's been going on? What's the tea, girl? Well, you know, I just turned thirty-six years old. Period. 36 years old it also is uh my 13 year anniversary of being in chicago too damn that's like that's like a teenager girl like literally it's a it's a child um you know i moved here as a child and turned into what i am today and that is uh much thanks to chicago and the lessons i fucking learned here and uh yeah all the people that i fucking have on my side and behind me so yeah it feels feels pretty fucking good despite every fucked up thing that's going on in the world today that's sickening i'm glad that you're feeling very supported these days uh and you know uh today's climate you're feeling the support the love coming from your community i love that for you i too feel support you know it ain't my birthday though but i fucks with (laughs) y'all Thanks for buying my shirt. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that new that new shirt is so cute with you and Chloe. I love that. Girl, we got more coming too. So keep buying them. Keep buying. Damn, them. <laughs> what else you got coming? Can you tease me a little bit? What's happening? What we're else doing, we got? We're doing just like a, a, a little sisters bundle, if you know. Oh, what I'm saying. You know oh, what I'm saying? bundles. So, mm-hmm. It's gonna be very cute. Very cute. Uh, LOL. Also bundles. Yeah, the girls yeah. love a bundle. But I don't need wigs, so. You know what? Ball hair Kool-Aid over here. She don't have to have one. Bambi has always said she don't have to have one. I remember meeting her at the very beginning, too. That bitch didn't have a wig, and she still was looking sickening. And I was looking sickening. Sickening. (laughs) I loved her. I loved, loved, loved that bitch. I have legit loved this bitch ever since the fucking beginning. So (laughs) I'm so glad to be here on another episode of The Black Tea with you today. Girl, what we got going on today? Girl, today we have a couple guests because we are talking about one of the clubs in Chicago. It has, let's say, a reputation. Ooh, <laughs> um, a Taylor um, Swift reputation? Yeah, you know, they, <laughs> they got bad blood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but you know, we want to talk about you know sidetrack and basically just its reputation, what's going on there, uh, and we wanted to get some people who have worked there and really expen- experienced it, you know, hands on. Um, I have not worked at sidetrack for maybe two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely don't know what the inside is like. I just know the perception of the outside of what's going on there, which isn't great in itself. Yeah. Um, but I would love to hear some insider, you know, tea, get the black tea, get the white tea, the green tea. <laughs> tea. Ditto. You know, I, um, I mean, going into this, I am always the first one to be honest about like being like, you know, Hey, I don't actually know what is going on up inside of here because I have not been inside of that business and I'm not going to try and say that I know something, but I do know that um, it is one of the oldest and one of the biggest in the neighborhood. And it has a reputation of also uh, being not as inviting to everybody as it should be as one of the biggest and oldest uh, places in our community. So yeah, I just want to get some other, um, some other people's uh, ideas and info and just kind of, yeah, talk, talk about sidetrack. Yes, I am so ready. We have the fucking cheesecake of Halstead, one of the baddest bitches in the fucking land from RuPaul's Drag Race, from our fucking hearts, from the stage to the fucking podcast. Let's go ahead and bring in Miss Dita Ritz. Hi. D to the D to the Ritz. So glad to have you on the black tea today, baby. Oh my goodness. I am so excited to be here. Hell yeah. So we um we brought you in just to have a little uh chat with us today. But uh first we just want to see how you doing. How you feeling? How you doing, Dita? Oh, I'm doing good, you know, just trying to get used to the new normal and the new digital drag era and um just, you know, trying to keep a roof over my head, good drag on my back, and you know, not look like nothing's wrong, you know? <laughs> love it. Love it. Do you have any uh projects coming up, Dita? Uh, yes, I'm actually in the works right now starting um, <clears throat> starting a show on Twitch. Um, super excited about that. Um, and uh, I um, got some, I don't know like, uh, how much I can say, but I'm do- we all did some fun stuff with the Vixen. So that should be coming out very soon. Obviously, her album just dropped yesterday. So really excited with that. And Girl, that's they- today. Yeah. There we go. Oh, look, and I can bring that up. There you go. Girl, uh, with, yeah, we can talk about it. I didn't know. I didn't know if I could. I didn't. I didn't want to. You know, I didn't want to like mess up the NDA. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, the whole thing with uh, Vixen Lollapalooza and being a part of her album, uh, commercial break, uh, that, and then yeah, just I'm trying to create more content, more just more ways of seeing yourself in this digital era. You know, it's uh, I've never really been a digital girl, so it's like all oh, this is still stuff I'm learning. Hmm, that's good that's good yeah i think it's something that we're all learning right now like still yeah, after I having like done it so much definitely like not not i get like what you mean by not being a digital girl and i feel like some of us was like very like you know bare minimum with the with the engagement online with the social medias yeah. was, i can flip an instagram 20 which ways okay absolutely <laughs> absolutely girl it's like oh you want me to make a video and edit it oh i can do that bitch i feel like i can make a movie if i had to girl, right now hell so. yeah look <laughs> like it's so but Put i mean you know on the team okay Someone um, called beyonce 
<laughs> legitimately though legitimately though um yeah i can't wait to see uh which one of those looks you're gonna turn out first from black is king to uh Dita. oh my god girl like at, right when i thought i was gonna make something like i was watching it and i was like okay i'm gonna make that literally then like the next second she turned around and she got something else on and i'm like damn like what am i like literally like what i don't know what to make but i know one thing all the hair she wore in that was beautiful all the braided beaded like oh the hair that went down to the ground and like dragged out oh my god this beautiful i've been seeing stuff going around too she worked with a lot of amazing like uh local black hair designers to make a lot of that shit too like even some people i follow on the gram i was like damn you got to put this shit on beyonce that's amazing yeah it was. It was. I was noticing that actually yesterday when I was looking on Instagram, there are so many uh, black artists and black designers that she worked with, and like, uh, I was like, oh my god, like I didn't know that person made that, or I didn't know that person did that. So yeah, it was. It was great. Once again, Queen B impresses us all and makes us all very proud to be black. Honestly, oh, yeah. you know how they like teach a class uh, about Beyonce in the UK somewhere? There's like a college class based on like just Beyonce. Really? Um, do you think that she uses that class for like research? Like who is the research team? Because <laughs> it's always so referenced and flawless. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? you know you know who it is? That's that damn Tina Knowles who does it. <laughs> Girl, Tina. could you imagine Tina Knowles on an iPhone looking up like, <laughs> African history for Beyonce's video? <laughs> Girl, I like it is because everything down to like the braids, the aesthetics, everything is just so perfect when she does it. And it's so royal. It's like all everything she touches is like royal vibes, especially when she does the whole like African culture. It's like it's 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 almost like I was talking about earlier before we started on this. A lot of people seem to want to have negative things to say about it. But I'm like, what do you expect her to be showing? She wants to show the like royalty of like black culture and African culture, like not like what you would see on the, you know, give 50 cents a day type of commercial, you know, like she wanted to show the royalty of black culture and she just knows how to do it so perfectly in the aesthetic. It's so good. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's very great to, um, it gives so many people something like a diving point to jump off of and be like, you know, what is this figure she's like representing or like, what does this outfit mean or what does this look? And like, just thinking about like black royalty and like where we come from and how much of that history isn't taught. Like, I think it'll also be a great like jumping off point for a lot of people to like dive into a history that they need to know more about. So like, yeah. yeah. B really did that. She really fucking did that. With oh, that. she did. And speaking so, of diving into some history that we need to <laughs> Oh, girl, um, this bitch said the, the kettle is hot. What's the tea on sidetrack? Because you do host uh, Beyonce Nights at Sidetrack. Well, you did when we were like before pandemic, correct, Dita? Correct. So, like, what's the tea with sidetrack? Give me some tea because I feel, <laughs> I just feel like I, I personally have not had a great relationship with the the managers there. Um, mm-hmm. It's never really been like the staff for me, or uh, it's always been like I feel like management and uh, the customers for mm-hmm. me that make mm-hmm. me feel very uncomfortable and unsafe. Yeah. So, like from as a you know a black queen who works there is like one of the faces of of the bar how do you feel like working there do you do you feel the same grievances do you feel differently like what's your tea um so well thank you for that question um 
Uh, yeah, you know, I've worked at Sidetracks now for like about six years. And it's really actually crazy because like maybe two years ago, I started having these conversations with them about how I felt when I was in there working. Um, you know, I do do Beyonce night there. I do drag race uh, viewing parties there. Um, and I had started speaking with them about, you know, my um, my experiences of dealing with the customers. Because like you said, a lot of times it isn't necessarily the staff, it's it's a lot of the customers. And so I felt like it was always kind of met on deaf ears. And it wasn't until uh, the drag march, it wasn't until people started really talking about, like the conversation really started being had about how people feel, Black people feel in Boys Town, that sidetrack names was like at the top of that list. Um, and so it's, I guess for me, it's always been, I mean, you guys know me outside of this. <laughs> you guys know that I don't take any mess. So if I, whenever I've had an experience there, and I think, uh, you know, other people who are here uh, in the in the podcast today can attest that whenever I've had experiences, I've just spoken up about it. Um, I've definitely have had to go in the back, and and I'm sure that the management can attest that I have had screaming matches where they've had to listen, and I've just have said, "This is effed up. This is how I feel. This is how I've been treated." Um, I've also had moments where I have literally dropped the mic on stage and walked right off stage because I just didn't appreciate, I wasn't, I didn't feel appreciated by the customer, uh, the customers, um, you know, the management, uh, I really feel like there's a little bit of, how can I put this? I feel like with the management, there is some form of, um, knowing what's going on, but I also feel like there is not a, a, a how to, like, I feel like they know maybe what's going on, but they also maybe don't know how to fix it and they don't know what to do. And so I feel like sometimes that's where I come in because I tried my best to give them advice on how to fix things, but I don't run the bar, you know? So that's where it becomes like a, a, a gray area. That's one of the things that I was like just thinking about, especially like hearing you say that is um, sometimes trying to get them like a, sometimes they're so like, well, how do we do it? Like how, how, how do you think it would, it would serve you better for like the business to like have your back in these situations, you know, like what could they be doing better in these situations to be not only having your back as something arises, but also making sure that the environment, you know, feels better and more encouraging for you. Um, I think one of the most important things, which is why I was happy when I first started working there was because I had never really seen like a black drag queen work like normally at that bar. Yeah. So like things like that, just really showing that you have like um, putting black faces in the right places of, pos of positions, if that makes sense. So like, for instance, one of the conversations I've had with the management before, before in the past is that there needs to be black management. There doesn't need to be, you know, someone, you know, I mean, I mean, we're talking we need someone who is black and who, who is in management who people can feel that when they walk in there, they see a piece of themselves. There needs to be more just, I feel like that's just like the biggest thing is that it just needs to be more people of color, specifically black people who, when a, a, a black person, a black trans person uh, walks into that bar, they can feel like, oh, okay, I know I, I'm safe in here. I, I can have these conversations because a lot of times, like when I was, when I was speaking to the management and, you know, when all this was happening, they were, I remember we were having phone conversations and they were saying, you know, well, why didn't you feel like you could come and tell us this? And I honestly told them, I said, well, because you guys are white, you guys don't understand what I go through as a black person working in this establishment. And so I also don't think they really listen. 
I feel like I've spoken to them about my grievances before when I did uh, do shows there about how they like it made me uncomfortable when they asked me to perform Hercules in front of a bunch of white people. Like that's uncomfortable on a bar. Like I'm literally shucking and jiving on a bar, but that's neither here nor there. So when I'm telling you that 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 is a problem for me and I'd like to do things my own way that like, you know, I can still feel respected and give you like a good product and you decide that you don't want to work with me anymore because I don't want to do the shuck and jive on the bar. That is yeah. problematic. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That's no, it's problem. very problematic. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's also causing a lot of people to not actually be able to speak up and advocate for themselves in these situations because they're so worried about their job or somebody telling them, you know, you need to do this or you need to do that, that they may not even be able to be honest about it. Well, no, and that and it's funny you say that because that's the one thing that I told myself back like two years ago when I started having these conversations with them was I actually told myself, I said, well, if this ends up me losing my job over speaking up about something that I have to deal with on a consistent basis, then so be it. I'm fine with doing that. You know what I mean? I I, I feel like um, that's part of my, my, and we all have had, you know, I know Lucy and Babe, we've had these conversations before where, you know, we are... And it, it kind of goes, I guess, into that whole like thing of what they call tokenism. But we are the ones who are blessed to be able to be booked a lot. And part of that is comes with responsibility of, of speaking up if you see things like that going down or if you see treatment like that happening to you because you don't want it to happen to the next girl who has to walk in behind you. And so I've always I've always known working at Sidetracks, being one of the few Black people who is a representation of it, I have to not only stay true to who I am, but I also have to make sure that I'm I'm having these conversations with the management, you know? Um, and it was hard. I ain't gonna lie to you. It still is hard because I do work there and it's hard. Like, like for instance, the drag march, when we did the drag march, almost everybody who walked up on stage had something, they were like in the top two, it was either them or progress, you know? And it was hard for me to have to sit there and um, have people say things about them. But then at the same time, when I had had a conversation like the week after with the management, I told them, I said, I've been trying to have conversations with you guys about this, but I just felt like it wasn't always met with the same, you know, and like I said, maybe y'all don't know how to talk about it. But at the same time, like, I felt like it was always met kind of with a little bit of tone deafness on deaf ears and maybe an eye roll, like maybe I'm just being sensitive or I'm in my feelings, but, you know, and once again, you have to say like, and and I think that it's hard sometimes for a bar to admit that they're custom, because really it is the management that needs to do some work, but also a big part of it is the customer and clientele that comes into the bar, which affects the management. You know what I mean? And I think that they didn't understand that, that yeah, it's the customers that do it, but also you're the management. It's your job to make sure that you've got that under control. Exactly. Well, see, and this is like one of those big things where like, you know, the whole like notion of, you know, white silence is white violence. Um, if you are not speaking up or doing anything when you know you are in a position of power or you have this bar that, you know, invites these kind of people in, if you're not on the defense to make sure that people know that it's not that kind of establishment, that's not allowed here, you know, people of all colors are supported there, then you are not doing your part. You are absolutely not doing your part. Mm -hmm. It is a part of your job to be saying that and to be making sure that people feel that way when they're seen. So just saying, you know, that just because, you know, you, you might not be saying this or, you, you know, you never had someone that maybe jumped out and called someone the N-word or this and that situation, even though we know that's happened before. 
Um, just the yeah. fact that you're not stepping up to like say and like make this a known thing with your patrons and the people that are supporting you, like that is a part of wrong. That is a part of what you're doing wrong. Well, and I've always said too, even when establishment with establishments like that, it not only is it wrong, but it also you have to think like, what is that saying about what is that saying to the patrons who come to your bar? Like it's saying that it's okay for them to to act that way, treat people yeah. that way, drop those type of end, like you know the end bombs and the things like that. You really are giving the okay when you don't say anything about it, no matter how much money you bring in. You know, you it, you really are saying that you're okay with that. And I really feel like for a long time, I don't think necessarily they were saying they were okay with it, but I do think that they, for a long time, were choosing not to acknowledge it because it didn't affect them. You know what I mean? If someone dropped an N-bomb on someone else or someone dropped an N-bomb on me or Sasha or somebody else, then because they are white, oh, it doesn't affect us. It doesn't matter to us. That's just happening to our performer. We can ignore that. We can kick them out. And it's like, no, you have to say something. You have to make people as examples you know what i mean you have to make examples out of people sometimes you also just have to make your establishment welcoming for uh other people like i get that performance is uh or like having a performer is a huge step to have uh or having black hosts is a huge step to bring people into your bar and i definitely think that that has worked for them however things like social media and Mm -hmm. like the 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 faces of the bar the way that the staff is seen like how it's just like weird to me that there are many a black go-go's and like people of color who (laughs) go-go for this all white clientele um it's weird to me that like it's like known as this like daddy playland but like you know racist daddy playland that like i just feel like it's all like capitalist it's all like them not wanting to really like give up the money that they are making um and it's really upsetting to see like as soon as the blm movement happened that they started posting black people all of a sudden like just the stark difference in their social media Mm -hmm. like you can literally see where it becomes blacker yeah yeah yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but real but real no i mean but that is and here's the deal it's is as much as like that is funny and we're laughing that is those are the conversations i had to have with them that this is why people are coming down on you guys so hard is because people are seeing those type of things you know it's it's just like you know we we've seen people when the blm movement happened we saw so many people whose social media's transition to black this pro black that and that that was a conversation i had to have with them that this is why people are pissed is because I've been trying to have these conversations with you guys for a really long time. And I felt like now that you guys have been called out now that they see, Oh, now you want to push and put people of color and black people on your social media. Like, you know, you, you like, you can't get mad at people for calling that out because that is exactly what you guys are doing. You know? Yeah. I think that something that like we've seen a lot again too, and I know I already touched on this, but it's just something that I think is really important for a lot of these businesses to look at um look at who the people that look at the people you're putting in power and look at the people that you're putting in control of things and look at Mm -hmm. um how they're acting and treating you know the people that are working with them and who they're bringing into the bar because you know um if you keep putting the same type of like you know host in in, like this situation and then you know placing you know the black girls or you know other people like under them like what are you really 
doing there? Like, what's really like happening with that situation? And like, I know they've changed things up a lot, but that was something that happened for like, you know, years and years and years and years. Now we're going to get to talking to um, Darby later, you know, formerly known as Dixie Lynn Cartwright. We're going to bring her in a little bit later, but before that, we're going to bring in another one of the homegirls that uh, works at Sidetrack, works all around our beautiful city. One of the uh, most beautiful goddesses in the land. The doll. The doll. The, the literal doll. Miss Sasha Love. Yes. Come on, Sasha. Hey, you guys. How are you? How you doing, baby? Just wanted I've been to go good. ahead and bring you into this conversation. But before we jump into all of that, how are, how is everything? Everything is going good. Um, Just been working being busy being fabulous to... i got to see you a little yeah. bit yeah and dita because we were like recording together yeah so that was like really fun i had involved on that my sisters so that felt good to come together again since we've been locked down <laughs> for so long <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know so that's awesome Same. i'm like i've only been around you guys so i'm like uh-uh I got to keep being around you guys. <laughs> we got each other. <laughs> of course we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. What a magical day. It was a magical day. Yeah. We had so much fun. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, we all got to come together. Um, it, was, it, was, it was love. It was love. <laughs> um, a magical Chicago moment. Oh, I know. Oh my god, that was so funny. <laughs> it just I just realized what y'all was talking about. Yes, I was so lit. <laughs> so see y'all, so see by the time this episode comes out, you will have seen like uh the Vixens uh awesome 15 minute set in Wallapalooza that a lot of the girls from Black Girl Magic were a part of. Um it was really fucking magical. And uh yeah, I know y'all are all still gagging over it whenever, you know. Y'all see this, hear this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're going to gag. Me and yeah. Lucy, oh my God, we got it's okay. so turned. It's okay. <laughs> Go put it's us next to the gag. bottle. <laughs> I hope they ain't Go ahead and feed the girls real quick. <laughs> so, uh, Miss Sasha, we are just bringing you into this conversation. Uh, we have Dita already in the room with us, and we were just chatting about Sidetrack. Like, Sidetrack is one of the um, oldest spots in our neighborhood, and we were wondering why yes. such a, a literal world-famous place, a place that's been around for so long, could... Um, now could be a little bit more inclusive to people who feel like they are not doing their best at that. So we just wanted to bring you into the conversation and see like what your perspective might be on a uh, sidetrack and how you feeling about everything right now. What's your like history with sidetrack also? Like how long have you been working there? Yeah. What's the... Um, I started working at sidetrack about maybe like six years ago. Um, I started doing the, um, the uh, Night of 100 Drag Queens, and then I went from doing that, and um, I was like one of the first ones that started doing the Beyonce Night, night of 100, there. it was, yeah. Yeah, oh, night yeah. Of, yeah. And then um, then I started doing um, the Beyonce Night, and I was reg- doing it regularly, like every every once a month with Dita and, uh, and Saya, and um, I think we were like pretty much like the main girls that were doing it, and they had a few more other girls, like Coco Chanel in it too, so we're happy, you know. That's about it. Just those two shows, Night of 100 and the um, Beyonce Night there. 
So, so you were one of the regulars on Beyonce Night, and that was um that was hosted yeah, by formerly known as Dixie, now known as Darby, right? Yes, that was hosted by Darby. That, like entire yeah, time, but that just switched not too long ago. Yes, it did. Yeah. So like I'm wondering, I'm just wondering, just like as I never worked a Beyonce night, but I was always just I would always just wonder by myself, like, what is this girl doing hosting this Beyonce night with these other like black girls like always working, like like working the rest of it. Did y'all ever like question that or like kind of like side eye the situation or was there any was there anything like between y'all where it was like a little bit weird to you is what I'm wondering. Um well at first it wasn't weird because um Derby was hosting like every show there. So it wasn't, you know, so it wasn't really like I didn't really think about it at first, you know, Um, until like recently, you know, about the last like few, like the end of 2019. So when I really started thinking, like, okay, hold on, wait. (laughs) So, you know, and a a lot of people had a lot of stuff to say about it. You know, it was a lot of feedback we would get from it too. And I guess it really never, I never really realized it because, you know, um, Derby was hosting like everything there pretty much. So, it was just like, oh, just another night, you know, for Derby. So I didn't really think nothing about it until like maybe the last, I want to say like January. A lot of people, by then, a lot of people were saying like, oh, why don't want you guys host well, it? It's not, you know, not me like trying to say that like, oh, you know, if you are not a person of color, or you're not black, that you can't like do that. But I would think with one of the like the longest running, like longstanding events that's like honoring a black woman that always booked black people. You would only think it would be like it would be who no, you to have a black her. person hosting the show, right? That's no, yeah, I you're right. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I guess I never really thought about it. I never really looked at it like that. Um, and yeah, and then once you know, so many people start bringing that to your attention, you're starting looking like, damn, that's true. That is true. And then um, I know that, and then they ended up switching it up a little bit um towards the end. Um, they have brought in um, a black host because Derby stepped down. Um, I kind of felt like they should have asked one of us, one of the regular girls had who had been there. Um, they have brought in. Um, so when they were, they had brought somebody else in, and um, I was thinking like, oh, why they didn't pick one of us? And I kind of was thinking that the reason why they maybe yeah, didn't pick I one of us too is because on that. I I felt like it was like in the beginning I didn't really notice anything, but then when it started, you know, I think the interesting thing that um, uh, I always noticed was that Beyonce was the most diverse Black Knight at Sidetrack, like whenever they have it. And for me, what really started waking me up was when, you know, friends of mine would come in and they would ask, they would go, why aren't you hosting? Why ain't, you know, Sasha hosting? And it really did start kind of like a light bulb off of my head because like, I agree with you. Like, I, I'm never a queen who likes, I mean, y'all know me. I love to do musical theater. I love to do like Kristen Chenoweth. Like I, I like to do all, you know, I like to do all the girls. <laughs> yeah. So I don't really ever look at race when right. I perform, when I pick my music. And so I'm never one to say right. that a, a white girl can't do Beyonce. I'm never that type of girl. But it wasn't until it wasn't until like I uh, people started asking me and it did kind of click like, well, we're all good hosts. We all can talk. And then I even think it was even a moment where Darby had even asked and said, Are, do you find it as a problem? Do you think that it's and I, and I, I remember saying to her, like, I do. I do wish that we could host or be up there with you more. But at the time, like, you know, like, I guess the time just 
it was different. You know, you felt like if you called it out, then maybe you were alone or maybe you only had a few people who were on your side. So yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely in the beginning, it was something that we were, I think we all just kind of thought she was the resident like host. She was usually yeah, for all It was, that's hosting. how it was. Honestly, yeah. Darby is a great host. So it just, yeah, it she made is. Yeah. Darby's a really good to, host. Uh, to us in the beginning, but it wasn't until, you know, a lot of our friends who come to Beyonce night, you know, started asking those questions and then it. Well, kind of, and yeah. Honestly, also, I know that I was like one of the bitches who would talk shit about it. Like, yeah, I just yeah, said yeah. that honestly. <laughs> I've, talked to, yeah. I've talked to Darby about it. Like, they know. Like, I was, I was one of the bitches that would literally be throwing a red flag at her and the show and being like, "What is this?" Like, I literally mm-hmm. be like, "Why are you doing this? What? Why? Why do you have a part of this?" There was that roast that we did for you, and I did a host set about, uh, formerly known as Dixie, about. Do you remember that when I was like, "How racist is she?" Like it was. <laughs> It was an entire set about it, but it was like Not for me, for me, yeah, girl. It was, it was so, it was so stupid and funny. But like, I laugh at it so much now. But it was just one of those situations where I was like. How how is she like getting away with this? How is like no one, or is there not like another boss, or like how is someone not like checking her, or saying something about this? Well, and that's like what. I was just gonna say. I mean, I feel like like they said like she was hosting every show, so it probably wasn't yeah. even weird to like Darby at the moment because it's just like it's just another show, just another yeah, show. yeah, another paycheck, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, like honestly, and I, like, I get like, that. I feel like the issue comes in where it was like, yeah, somebody did throw a red flag at it, and it wasn't like met with like the seriousness it should have been. Is mm-hmm. where it comes from. Yeah. Also, back to the point where Dita was like, "White girls can perform Beyonce. Y'all can perform Beyonce. It's yeah. okay. Just yeah. pick the right song. Don't pick yeah. something about being black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Like, no. Just pick the right song. Yeah. And, and, and when I first started doing drag, that was like something I always, uh, my drag mother always told me, and that was something I always noticed about other drag performers is that. Like, you can perform any type of music. Like you said, Bambi, just pick the right music and really know that you can own it and, you know, like, you know, do it justice. But, like, um, I I feel like there is, like, this really interesting kind of, like, narrative and kind of rumor that Black girls, we get upset when we see white girls do Beyonce, and that's not the case at all. No, you just need to eat it. Don't be yeah, I was like, no, you're just killing it. You can kill some Beyonce. Yeah. Stay away from formation. Stay away from formation. Yeah, don't do formation. <laughs> oh, they always want to do formation. They oh, always no. want to try and do formation. Give me, give me Beyonce era 2005. We still like 2005 Beyonce. Yeah. Right, give me four. Where's, give me dangerously where's, alone. Where's she literally gave y'all a white album. Literally. <laughs> She's giving you four white albums. She's giving you four, girl. Four of them. All of four these songs of can be done by white women. Y'all are playing. Y'all are playing. That's so true. They know better. They know where their wheelhouse is, but they be trying it, girl. Which album is that that has If I Were a Boy? Which one is that? I am Sasha Fierce. I am, I am yeah. Sasha Fierce. White people, look it up. It's for you. Yeah. <laughs> He did that for you. She did not do that for the culture. (laughs) 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 
I would not be able to listen to that without fucking thinking of that. That is so fucking true. I'm though. telling God, y'all, that it. whole album, because it's just also, like, that was also the era where she, like, did her little pop crossover. And also, if you watch any of those videos, those are the cheapest fucking videos Beyonce yeah, has ever made from absolutely. that album. It's, it's her in a studio with two other bitches. Uh, <laughs> the whole time. She said, I'm getting every part of this check. This is all mine. But anyway, <laughs> We can anyway, talk about Miss Beyonce forever because she's so fucking <laughs> Beyonce is so fucking inspirational. But I just think that yeah, it only makes sense that um considering that it's a Beyonce night that we'll be trying to empower and maybe also um teach like like these like new up and coming or even like, you know, the solid girls like how to like host and like run a show, you know, and do all of this in this space that is like one of the biggest like gayest spaces in the city. Like, it would only make sense. To me. To mm-hmm. me, that's what I thought. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, when they, um, they, uh, they had, um, you're talking about Cleo Apocalypse. Yeah, they had, they had Cleo come in. They had Cleo come in and do. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we love Cleo. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they had that her host for like, they had her host for like two or three uh, months, and um, I think it was right before she had actually moved, and yeah, that was, and that was even a conversation I remember mm-hmm. having with the management, just kind of saying to them like, uh, and, and I, this is where, and see, this is where it gets hard. For, yeah. Like, I think we can Because it was just that it just seemed like, okay, and like, have to sometimes check you know, like, because, you know, we know stuff that happened at the bar and stuff. So it's like, okay, well, they think, or or things happen when we speak up. You know, when we say something, like, when we, you know, when we the ones to say something, you know, like, if something happens, we clock in the microphone or we just clock it right away, you know. I don't know why it's even. So that know that was like an issue there. We have to bring somebody else. Uh, but like personally, him. like I had really had and like I had that, had no and we're like yeah, issues myself with side track. Um, you but, know, like far as besides and, that. Yeah. But, but it was yeah. it was definitely, I mean, definitely and I even think she herself she's family. Her, yeah. She knew she had big shoes to fill even Yeah, like I always like I always like if something was wrong, I always would make sure I would always let them know something was wrong. But I do know there was an incident that that did happen with uh, somebody there and like, um, uh, when uh, that happened you know um somebody got called the n-word and you know um and I, nothing you know happened to the customer the customer stayed so for me even though it didn't happen to me it also made me feel like damn am i safe here you know like if this happens to me it, it, are you guys gonna do the same thing am i gonna get suspended you know what i mean like i, I like i don't like do i really feel protected while i'm here you know? Yeah. Okay. But so, so you actually felt like that there was a line of communication and you felt yeah. like you had to voice your concerns to me. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. 
that's pretty that's pretty wild that's pretty wild of me to like hear that like this situation would happen and the person that acted that way was allowed to stay in and then the person that was basically attacked was suspended but i mean you know that's not my situation to speak on and i wish that that person would have joined us today for the conversation but they declined so no that's just <laughs> and that's the black tea. Uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> and that's just and that's just fine. We're not trying to force anybody. I don't know if maybe they thought that like it was going to be a conversation that was trying to set them up or make them look bad. Yeah, but honestly, definitely. All I wanted to do yeah. was just have a conversation and see like we can be fucking wrong. It's a possibility, yeah. even and though I, I know like- we're not. Like, it's a possibility. I'm trying to get all fucking sides of it, so. But I feel like in all respects, like, you should be able to use your voice in the way that you want to. And Absolutely. if you want to do that, then, like, that's... Without feeling know, a repercussion or anything yeah, from you, you know what I mean? Like, sure. you should be able to talk, and it shouldn't be a thing where... Well, and I also feel like, I also feel like, feel um, like when situations like that yeah. happen, um, and I've, I have... I have said this to that person before is that when situations like that happen, I know it can be hard to want to like, like you said, say something because you don't want to re- mess up your uh, your job or mess up your position or whatever. But at the end of the day, you were you were disrespected and called out of your name in the most rudest way. And you you can't like, I don't know any, like I don't know anybody who would sit back and allow that. You know what I mean? So you have to say, and sometimes, and sometimes we have to, and that's once again, these are the things that I've had to have with the management is that sometimes we have to have these uncomfortable conversations in order for change to happen because, you know, like if we just keep like deflecting and if we kind of keep like, you know, saying, oh, well, it doesn't benefit me or it doesn't, you know, affect me or whatever, you're going to like allow that to be a safe space for that type of ignorance to come and have fun. And I really do believe and I do believe that's like something I have said before exactly. to them is that I think that people who are extremely ignorant and racist think that it is a safe space to come and act like that. You know, it's a lot like, I don't know if y'all remember the old bar, mini bar that used to be next door. And I always, and I always felt like, um, <laughs> I always felt like uh, mini bar was that kind of, was that kind of bar that, you know, allowed that kind of space and look what happened to them no more no one wanted to go in there after a while because it was just not a comfortable space for anyone they had to hang it up flat <laughs> quite literally so like you know i, I don't mean, know okay well let's bring in our last guest um she is our first caucasian guest on the black tea um, <laughs> true <laughs> true uh, an amazing honor. Um, she is a great host, um, formerly known as Dixie, now known oh as Oh my Darby God. Cartwright. Okay, well, I just, y'all. before we get started, I just this is, prepared this a, is them a clapping. performance. If I were a bull. <laughs> 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 I believe that's from the correct See, girls, it's possible. Think yeah. About that. That would be uh, an amazing yeah, performance. Actually, yes, it would. Darby Lane, uh, we actually have had a white queen a boy, do please. that um, at a Beyonce night. So you'll be happy to know it's been done. It's been done. <laughs> I, I remember yeah. that night, actually. You remember it. <laughs> like, I, I, do, I remember that night. I think she stripped down yeah. to actually uh, yeah. out of drag to be a boy, actually, that night. I oh, yes, she did. <laughs> yeah. It was the first and only time that's ever happened. Oh, so my God. Like, 
See? Ever. Yeah. And never again. Wait. Yeah, I'm sure. Never seen before. Chloe. Wait, it was Chloe. It was Chloe. Chloe, Chloe Dash. <laughs> we, yeah. Lord. No. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, oh. back on record. <laughs> Back into the podcast. Yeah. Darby, um, thank you so much here, for joining us You know, us writing today, down Lord. all my notes. I have so many thoughts to share. Um, no, I, I appreciate hearing Dita and Sasha. You know, we worked together for years at Sidetrack and just getting to hear, you know, their side of everything. Um, you know, one thing that, like, I've learned in all of this and that it's like a conversation about, like, yes, I was the host of Beyonce night. And like Bambi was right. Like I was just always the host and yeah. Oh, another show. Great. I'll do it. Um, and, uh, you know, Lucy, I remember it was like maybe two years into Beyonce night, you came to the show and you said to me while I'm holding the microphone, Lucy comes up to me and she goes, Hey, why is a white girl hosting this? And you did. You did. Bitch, I did. I mean, not on the mic. Wait, like on the mic? I was like, uh, I don't know. I have to go uh, intro someone by, you know. Um, But. No, literally me. Like, what was I thinking? Oh my god! It makes sense. Like, kind of calling back to what you were talking about before. What I did was, I, the white host, the person in charge of the show that night, went up to the booth and talked to the white DJ and my white manager, and I said, "Can you believe this girl who doesn't even work here questioned why I belong here?" So us three white people were talking about. Yeah, like that's crazy because to us, this makes sense. And uh, one thing like, that's like, but that's like, that's, but that's what wow, it is. Like, that's, that's so what Dita funny. was saying. Like, yeah, there's, but it's like there's the not a black manager. There's not a black DJ. And they are, they are, they have promised both Dita and I that they are in the midst of that, uh, of hiring that, but it just hasn't been there. And so this is all coming as well from, the perspective of a person who was actively part of the problem. Um, but we just, Sidetrack is called the Applebee's of Halstead. It is the just most generic place where yeah. Sidetrack takes on the persona of all the issues in Boys Town because it's just kind of the persona non grata. And Boys Town is very racist Absolutely. and it is very skewed towards cis gay white men. Um, and so that's where those customers feel comfortable coming in. And us as Sidetrack employees uh, with, you know, mostly white management and a white host, we were like, but we have black queens at every show. We have black bartenders. We have black customers that do feel safe here. Um, And it was hard. uh, I can't speak for them, but I think it was hard for me to see outside of that. But like, but we're doing everything in here. It's the customers. And that's not on us. Um, But it was on us. And I think that's one mm. of the, the tougher conversations Sidetrack has Absolutely. had to kind of have in all of this. And it was the conversation that I went in alone before the drag council. And I sat down, me and the two managers, three white people sitting down, trying to unpack 
everything that we thought was going on. And it wasn't until the drag council that we heard from black people (laughs) that we really got the perspective that needed to be in the room the entire time. And I think that's where sidetrack is. I think that's where they're, they're headed, but it's now this realization of we didn't have the right people in the room. We've got to get them in the room before we can claim that we've done what we need to do. And it's good to hear that they're on, on that path, taking that road and like going along to it. I am, um, still wary of it for my own reasons, you know, and I still am like waiting to see some real action, not just from them from like, but from everyone in that sense. And uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think would be the next thing that they could like physically do to try and change the communities? Well, uh, I think the the biggest thing, and it's just on record, it is something that like they, they have completely agreed to. Um, But I think black management having a voice that not only the black performers and the black employees can go to, but the customers can go to. Because I do believe that the management has always had an Mm -hmm. open line of communication and management is always like, come to us, let's work it out. Let's have 10 meetings about this one thing. We need to like figure this out, but it's always white people. And if you don't feel comfortable in this large white space, you can say, come to me, come to me, come to me all you want. But you're not, you're really not saying, come, we will understand you. You're saying, come, I will understand from the perspective I I have the ability to. Um, It's giving come, I want to look good for myself, honestly, because I just feel like the biggest thing that Sidetrack could do is actually like not only have black managers, but just like change the environment. The environment is mostly changed by a DJ. And it's really, it's really weird to me that uh, progress gets so much bullshit off of this email that was sent. Uh, when Sidetrack has had the same rules enforced for like how long, like it's like the whole Beyonce night, thing to me the issue with it is is that like it gives you very this black is okay and this black is not like why is is rap just not allowed at sidetrack why like these are the things where it's like not only is it tone deaf not only are you not listening you're actively telling me by controlling this environment and saying that this black is not okay that tells me that i cannot go to you as a manager or go to you as the dj because you are not you you don't even take the time to try and that's the that's the you're absolutely right that's like the um and i'm again i just kind of would reiterate this is coming from me darby um i'm not currently working with sidetrack um that's just where we stand right now it wasn't exactly my choice but it's just where we are um but before before we got into anything you know mm-hmm. deeper like my initial conversation and dita's conversation and dita correct me if i'm wrong the two things that we said we were like management and dj and my they immediately and women yeah and they and women they immediately well. agreed to it they immediately were like just yes we will do around. it i think they're just it's going to take time, which is a big reason I stepped away uh, from hosting shows because I said, I want the community to see that it will happen. It's just going to take time. And, you know, 
black management, that first black manager and that first black DJ, they're going to have quite a road ahead of them. Um, I'm not saying they're going to have a road. I don't think that there's going to be, from my experience, and again, my white experience, but my experience with the management, there is a a desire to make things better. So I'm I'm not saying they're going to face that. But I think for customers and for people who work at Sidetrack's own just uh, personal bias that we all have to fight against, I I think they have their work ahead of them. Yeah. Well, and I also think that they are are still trying to not only the work ahead of them, but there is this, I don't know if you can agree with me, Sasha or Darby, but there is also this like, this really like um, uncomfort that I sense from them when having these conversations that they really are uncomfortable. And I don't think uncomfortable because that they are guilty of, but I think that they are uncomfortable because they have probably seen a lot and they are now being like their backs against the wall. Like this needs to change. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, that drag march, I think, was an eye-opener for them because their name was brought up like by everybody. Everybody had something to say about an experience there, and then it kind of trickled down to the internet, and then that next day, I remember on Facebook, people were just posting about their experiences uh, at their bar, and I think for them, it has really been hard and uncomfortable for them, which makes no excuse, but it's really hard and uncomfortable for them to have these conversations because they I think that they've seen a lot and they don't really like they thought we just not gonna say nothing it'll go away but that's not how it works and that ain't that's but, especially not how black folks work if we see something and we're disrespected we definitely gonna say, gonna say I think we've been met with a lot of that attitude lately that um we they think that this is a situation that's just going to disappear I think even on a grander scale people are still um, kind of having that feeling about a lot of the Black Lives movement at the same time. A lot of people think this is something that, you know, is just going to end here. But uh, I just want to remind everyone again that this is just the beginning. <laughs> that we're just getting started and that we're just mobilizing to make sure that we don't oh, have Oh, no, to yeah. Just, no, I, the, the thing, Dita, you're absolutely right. The, the thing is, and I, I'm speaking from my own experience and my, and my own behavior in this, is that we didn't have to. We never had to feel uncomfortable. We never had to have this conversation because in the past, it would be a moment. It would pass by. We would continue to hire the black queen for the show. We'd continue to work with the black customers that felt comfortable. And, you know, we didn't have to. I personally, I knew I didn't have a great reputation. I knew that there was some issue with sidetrack and and my silence was not helpful. Um, But I didn't have to confront that. I, I never... No one was messing with my job because Sidetrack was happy and my and my customers were happy with me. And I could go and I could make my appearance. I could go, you know, see see the girls. I could go to Splash. I could go say hello. And then, you know, we'd move on. The The great, shitty, great thing about this entire movement is that now everyone's laundry is out there. And we get to either work on it together or... Um, you make your own decision. Yeah. And yeah. some of them did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and some of them honestly did. And uh, that's another reason I just wanted to have you on here too, just to like also have a follow-up after the uh, the drag council and uh, you being a part of that. Um, a lot of people would say, and I think it is the truth, that you were uh, probably the person who performed best in that situation. Not that it was a, 
supposed to be any performance or that we were judging people in that way. But for what we were looking for, for what we were asking for, um, we felt that you genuinely came in there with a solid plan of what you were committed to doing and uh, what you were going to do in the future. So it's really great to have you <laughs> on here. Um, have you on here for the first time, Darby. Um, but also just to include you in the conversation again, because um, I think a lot of people also think that a lot of us are into this like cancer culture thing, which I don't even really think exists, but um, just in kind of like getting completely like rid of a person when and all we wanted to see is some uh, some change and some retribution in that way. So I think that you are honestly one of the people that they can kind of look towards when it goes when these situations happen to, you know, be like, what, what can I do? Like, is there another chance for me? Like, like, will people like respect me or even talk to me or work with me again? Like it's, it's possible. It's happening. It's really, thank you for saying that. It's very, it's, that's my hope. My hope is that I'm, my hope is that I'm showing other white people. um, It's okay. I am, I'm embarrassed that it took me this long. I, you know, I make jokes about Beyonce night, but it is something I carry as like a huge embarrassment. That's so stupid that it took me this long. It's okay to be embarrassed. It's okay to have to face that in front of people and now have to face it in front of black people and give a shit about what they think. It's okay to not have had that, that perspective before, you know, like I come from the South. I, you know, my bar for racism was set very low. You know, as long as I didn't say the N word, I was, I was a miles above yeah. everyone I knew. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. But like, so it's I true. It's true it. though. You're so right. But so I never true. had to question any of this. And I, yeah, and I bad, worked yeah. at a place that I, I, I truly, I worked with them for years. I truly believe that the, that the feeling and the, the, uh, intention is pure, but it's something they've never had to face head on. And it's something I never had to face head on. Um, and it's, it's uncomfortable and it sucks, but the shit that we're going through, the uncomfortable feeling you're feeling is something black people feel a thousand times every day. So just show up and fucking do it. And the good thing is like through Lucy, Lucy was the one who didn't say Dixie. She kept calling me D-Lynn. Lucy is the one who came to me and said, why is a white person hosting Beyonce night? Like black people (laughs) don't need to do the work with us, but they are. You just got to fucking say shit. You're right. I'm embarrassed as fuck, but sure. I'll do the next, I'll do the next right thing that I avoided for so long. Oh, I'm getting hot. Okay. It is wild that some people choose not to, like, really um, work with people, like, work with Black people on that. Like, especially when I feel like Black people, like, lend a handout to help you. Like, the drag council was literally lending a handout to help you with the situation. Step-by-step solution. Here is a solution. (laughs) We are here. And and Um, so many people did this. Seriously. And so many people didn't see it that way. And it's just like some people don't see that as help. I don't know what this weird thing is. Like, for instance, if someone is calling you a racist as a white person, that is help. <laughs> that is someone yeah. helping you, doll. That is Stop someone taking helping. that as like an offensive thing. Yes, you offended someone, but when they call you a racist, that is not them being offensive back. It is them helping you because the next person <laughs> will knock you the fuck out. And that's the Girl, no, and and that's. <laughs> 
and that's the thing too is that well, it, I'm helping you. Time. I think that there is a, <laughs> you know? a light bulb moment for every white racist who hasn't had to deal with their own racism. And it comes in, in the form of different people. And it's usually a black person just trying to help. And at the beginning of all of this, like right after George Floyd was murdered and there was Twitter, everyone was outpouring on Twitter. I was quiet and Bambi called me out and specifically called me racist. And you know what the first thing I did was? I took a screenshot of that and I sent it to her best friend. And I said, what's wrong? Um, I didn't do the right thing. I didn't, I didn't immediately do the right thing. That's, that's going to happen. But then the moment happens, it was the next day that I went, shit, she's right. And I, you know, I, I handled it. Did I handle it great? No, but uh, I showed up. And the next time a black person asked me to show up, I was there. It, you don't have to, you don't have to be a big leader. You don't even have to know exactly what you're doing. You have to do truly what is being asked of you. And most of the time, that is the bare minimum. The bare minimum. <laughs> the bear. The bear. And that's so fucking true. And this is what we have been saying uh, since the beginning of time. <laughs> like, literally since the beginning of time. Okay. No, literally. Well, no, and that's like the thing I, Darby, you and I have had a lot of conversations uh, recently where I've told you that. I mean, I, I, I remember the, the town hall meeting. I mean, you had a conversation the night before the town hall meeting. And I told you, I said, be prepared <laughs> for anything that comes your way because at this point, Black people specifically, you know, like, we, I can't speak for, like, everyone in the world, but I can definitely say that Black people, like, in Boys Town, working in Boys Town, we have a lot to say, and there's going to be a lot that is going to come your way. So just be prepared to learn, to, like, listen, and, and, I, and I will say that you have done that. You have, you, like I said, I think a lot of, I, I think a lot of white people, honestly, can learn from you, honestly. Well, it, I mean, honestly, I'm just waiting on my reward now. Do I get a trophy? Is there like, is this, do I? <laughs> and see, there lies the penalty. <laughs> uh, you're going to thank you. How about that? Thank you. <laughs> it's literally a formation trophy. But that, the other thing too, is that in all of this, like knowing the the moment that that I realized that at least my heart and my intentions and my actions were in a better place was when Lucy Stool and Bambi Banks and I Bambi Banks Coulee and I were in a better place because I don't think Bambi and I have ever felt good enough to have a conversation. Lucy and I, our conversations were always like, "What am I doing wrong?" And then like the first time, Lucy was she and I just had a conversation, you know. You know, and Bambi, Bambi like retweeted something I tweeted and I was like, okay, there's respect being shown, which means I finally showed them the respect that they have been asking for forever. So just fucking listen. That's all you got to do, white people. White people, you, you hear me? She's talking to y'all. I'm talking. <laughs> 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 not, yeah, Dar like, not Darby giving listen. dear white people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dear white people. We, we love to see it. 2020 has been truly fucking wild. So many things so far have happened that I don't think any of us could have fucking imagined. Um, but Darby, you were able to pull off one of one of the best things to happen this year, honey. So kudos. Keep it fucking up. 
Um, thank you again to the lovely Miss fucking Dita Rich, the fucking cheesecake of Halstead, thank for you. being up in here in this conversation with us today. And I love our sister, one of the girls, the actual dolls, Miss Sasha. Love. <laughs> yes, Miss Sasha. <laughs> we love y'all so much. Um, thank you for jumping into this conversation and just like being honest and like chatting with us. I think that um, more and more people are just saying that like, really, we just want to like talk about these things that everyone felt was like so taboo or like not able to be like brought up. Um, we should be able to have these conversations. So like, thank you so much for being a part of these conversations today. My loves. All right. <laughs> Miss Bambi, Miss Bambi, you there? Girl, girl, I'm here. You Bambi, are you out, boo. <laughs> I also, I love when you say my loves, like you're Monique. Like, what's going on? You're giving me very Yolanda. Girl, I have always been, Hello, I've always love. been the auntie. I don't even know what you're talking about. I have always been the auntie. So we're going to let these ladies sign off and then me and Bambi are going to do our little recap and answer some uh, questions for y'all. Thank you again for joining into the show bye, today. Bye, my loves. You are free. Wow. Okay. So we had some great guests today. Great conversation. We really um, did. We really liked that. I think we got a full rounded perspective of it. I mean, I would love to hear more from people if there's other conversations that need to be had or something they felt that got left out in that situation but i mean yeah i'd honestly love to at least talk to the management sidetrack um th- they don't they don't like talking to me um i, <laughs> I don't think they like <laughs> talking to any of us uh to to, um, to be honest you know, it would help them a lot to you know reach out and get some black people's perspective because it makes no sense that the drag queen on the town hall was the smartest person coming from your bar. That still is, that still like is so surprising to me that like, and uh, the dumbest, the dumbest person from that was the person who didn't fucking show up. And that's just embarrassing as a manager of the bar. You should have. That's, that's pretty embarrassing. That's pretty embarrassing. I just think that, like uh, Darby said, it's so easy to do the right things in these situations and just those little things like actually showing up and being there or maybe even, I don't know, thinking about this before, ever before, like would make it somewhat better. But at the same time, I know that they have had the conversation before now and I'm just kind of like, yeah. so are you willfully like not doing this then? And see, that's what gives it's me this like, I, I don't know. It just seems, it just seems it, I, I, just, I don't trust like- it. Like I'm being actively tone deaf because I think that I'm mm-hmm. brighter than everyone, and that's just and, not the truth. And some things you are just not smarter than people. And like in the subject of being black, you are not smarter than me. No, no, <laughs> I don't care what business you run. I don't care how well you manage. Like you don't have that better than me. So maybe uh, at least try to get the actual perspective of somebody in that situation. But girl, can we light up yet? Hell yeah, let's do that. Cause let's do that real quick. Your girl, girl, your girl. Your girl. I'm. I gotta say, I'm. I'm not gonna talk about it anymore. But I'm a little disappointed that a certain someone didn't want to join this conversation. About you can't make anybody do anything they don't want to do. I, I just. I just hope that as another black person, that they're being taken care of and they're not. Yeah, I'm not disappointed because I. I agree with what Vixen said. Being black is about surviving, and if that's how you feel that you need to survive, mm-hmm. then by all means do that. 
Yeah, and absolutely. Off, off, absolutely. Off the record, I wasn't going to book her after Sidetrack fired her ass. So mm. keep your job, boo. <laughs> do you. If that's the only gig you got, do you. Because I don't know what your financial situation is like. So... I love that person. I just would. I don't. I don't know how to make someone feel supported if they don't more than like you know, doing what I already do. So I'm here for everybody, even if you don't want it. We still working for all the black girls and all the black people in this community, even if you don't want to be a part of this or the scene. Like our entire goal has always always been. Regardless of how you want to work with us, I'm still going to work for you, regardless. Yeah. You know, as absolutely on the council. That's how I feel, or just as a black person altogether. I hope that the work that we are doing is improving across the board. You know what I'm saying? I hope yeah. that the work that we're doing uh, reaches other cities. I'm hoping. <laughs> you know, it has, girl. We've seen it. It has, and I mean, it really is changing our entire community for the better. So. Even if we got to um, drag some of y'all into it, we, we're going to take us into the future now. Definitely. Mm. Um, what are you going to do for the rest of the day, Miss Lucille? Well, I need to finish up some video editing for some stuff <laughs> that should have been sent in yesterday. <laughs> I feel <hear> that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> and then I'm just going to... Uh, Try and finish cleaning up my drag room. My drag room is like a direct like connection to like my mental health and mental my health, drag yeah. room is a mess right now. So <laughs> I, I need to feel get it together. I need to get it together. So I'm gonna spend some time on that. Yeah. Okay. Good. I feel that. I feel that. Um, especially that drag room part because Lord, when your drag room is your living room, just think about that. Girl, that was chaotic. That was an experience that I wish upon nobody else. Oh, um, oh, I remember that. What is the Kool Aid Maison like? Y'all got y'all got like a whole. Oh, it's sickening. It's sickening here. We literally have like a specific room for all of our drag, like drag insight. You'll see a couple wigs in the living room, but that's about it. Like that's everybody's house. That's everybody's house. Yeah, like we'll we'll paint together at the uh, kitchen table. It's very uh power through type moment. Oh, it's so cute! I love it. Yeah. Um. Actually, today is Kenzie's birthday, so I'm gonna be spending the whole day with my queen. Um. Yes. Alohadi's uh kiki ki. Um. Happy and birthday, Kenzie. Yes, happy birthday, Kenzie. In the future, when it's not your birthday, it's probably like Chloe's birthday by this point. But like, yeah. she forgot your birthday on extra. Also, um, if you are not watching it yet, please go uh, to Twitch t- twitch.tv slash a queer pride and go check out Extra, uh, hosted by Chloe Part. Yes. Or sorry, Chloe. Chloe Coulee. Sorry. Um, <laughs> hosted by Chloe Coulee. Oh, my um, God. You know, sometimes it just takes a minute to get used to because she, you know, that was my baby. But um, mm. please go watch that show. It's sickening. The uh, I've heard all the little lineups that are happening. Girl, y'all do not want to miss this one. The drag show is popping. If y'all like drag, if y'all don't like drag, I don't know why y'all are listening to this. Maybe look at my <laughs> Yeah, they like to listen to you. Yeah. But yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Um, so I think, do we have some questions we need to answer today? Oh shit! I don't can think we ask? That. Can we ask the legendary Miss Toto time, if there's uh, any questions? 
<laughs> so I get <laughs> everyone. The lovely Miss Toto is editing and recording this uh, beautiful uh, podcast with us today. All right, girl. Well, you know what? I've got sufficiently high, and um, I am still uh, kind of mulling over everything we uh, we we went over in that show. How did you feel about that, girl? Um, you know, I feel that everything that they said made sense. Um, I just wish that Sidetrack would take the time to work with us directly, especially because it is, you know, one of the oldest, like, gay bars in Chicago. Chicago is such a huge, like, drag city. It only makes sense. But, you know, I'm... I'm not going to force them to, obviously, if they want (laughs) to dig their own graves and, like, let them do that. They obviously find that to be the best option. So, um, you know, Sidetrack, if you're listening, call your girl. You got my number. I've I've messaged y'all. I've DM'd y'all a couple times. Let her take care of you. You know, she also has... um, I've tagged you in a couple of things. She also has a seat on the Chicago Black Drag Council, so she will be in touch with a lot of y'all. Okay then. Um, about uh, <laughs> about the stuff that we uh did bring up in that letter, and just making sure that we are continuing that work. But that's for another day. You will be handled. <laughs> Trust. Oh my God, Bambi! It was uh I'm so. I'm kidding, guys. I'm not that confrontational. Except I am, but don't worry about it. Yeah, I was like, excuse me. <laughs> uh. It was lovely having another cup of tea with you today, darling. Yes. Thank you so much for listening, everyone who's listening to the Black Tea. Um, we love all of you, and we hope you're all having a great summer despite, you know, the pandemic and, you know, our people out here dying. But other than that, please look up, you know, big heads up. <laughs> make sure you're following and us. Hold and hold it make down. Sure- yeah, hold it fucking down and keep tuning in to the Black Team. Bye, y'all. Sip tea, the darker girl is sweeter. Feels cool, but it's hotter than a fever. Kick back with two of your favorite divas. Let's talk, let's talk, come on. Start it, give it something you can feel, yeah. No faking, we gotta keep it real, yeah. 